You're listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. Are you ready to blab with me? Grab a front row seat as I adventure through motherhood, build my career, and not lose my shit. This podcast is a place for women to come together and relate through the highs and lows of business and motherhood, keep it real, and learn some new business tips and tricks while inspiring each other to do the dang thing. So close your eyes and take a deep breath, mama. You found us. It might not always be pretty, but you can count on one thing. We are in this hot mess together. Welcome back to Boss Ladies and Babies and happy Mother's Day. This is our special Mother's Day episode that I look forward to every year where I put together a collection of birth stories from the amazing women in the Boss Ladies and Babies community. And the stories in this episode today are so beautiful. I laughed, I cried when I was listening to these and felt so just overwhelmed with inspiration and admiration for the women who are in this community and all of the mamas out there because giving birth is such a intense and powerful and beautiful and wonderful thing that we go through as women and as moms and it just really feels right to take some time here right before Mother's Day to share these stories. And so I'm super excited for this episode. Like I said, I look forward to it every year and I just love hearing all the different experiences that people have. I'm also resharing my birth story. If you've been a longtime listener, you probably heard me share it a few years ago when it was super fresh, and I thought it would be fun to share it again on this episode since I have a, another baby on the way. So we have um, four birth stories on this episode this year, and so I hope you enjoy and you really feel the love and the strength and the inspiration and the power that comes from these women. So enjoy. Happy Mother's Day, boss ladies. I am super excited to be able to share my birth story again this year on our special Mother's Day episode. I shared my story a couple years ago here on the show, but it was a lot fresher at that time. And now that it's been about three and a half years and I have another baby on the way, I just thought that it would be fun to reshare my story and kind of see what things I may have conveniently forgotten since my birth now that I have another baby coming. And I just love this episode every year that we put together where we hear these amazing stories from the other boss ladies. So I'm excited to share mine. I cannot believe I'm about to go through this all again. (laughs) Um, But here we are a couple few more months and I will be going through birth yet again. And so it's kind of been fun, fun. I don't know if fun's the right word. Interesting (laughs) to look back on, you know, my first birth and I'll be curious to see how they compare. So My daughter, Nora, is three and a half. She was born August 5th, 2018, and my due date with her was actually July 24th, 2018. Now, funny enough, baby number two here cooking, his due date is July 23rd, so their due dates were only one day apart, but since Nora decided to make her grand entrance almost two weeks late, they luckily will not have the same birthday because I do not think that they're going to let me go 
even a day late with this baby number two here based on what happened last time. So let's get into my story. I try, I, I tried literally everything to get Nora to come out. <laughs> I was done being pregnant. It was a long, long pregnancy and she just did not want to come out. She was cozy in there. And so I remember on a Friday, the doctor was talking about, okay, if the baby doesn't come out this weekend, then we're going to start talking about eviction on Monday and, you know, doing some kind of induction or something like that. And that talk of eviction was all that little girl needed to decide, okay, I'm ready to make my grand entrance. And so at about 4.30 in the morning on Friday, I guess it was technically Saturday, August fourth, my water broke and we were super excited because that meant things were finally happening. And so, you know, we, we took our time a little bit, but then we made our way to the hospital and sure enough, water was broken. I was dilating. I can't remember where I was exactly, but I was dilating a little bit. And so they admitted me. And from that point on, we were just waiting. It was a long, long waiting game for something to happen. I had some contractions, but nothing too crazy. And, you know, things were moving very, very, very slowly. And so it was getting to a point where my water had been broken for so long that, you know, there was going to be a risk of infection if we didn't get things moving along. And so I wanted to do a completely natural birth. I wanted zero medication, zero interventions. Like I wanted to do things as natural as possible. Um, but you know, where we were at, it was kind of time to make a decision of if we want to risk infection with my water being broken or if we wanted to get things moving. And so we made the decision to kind of get things moving along and they gave me, I want to say it was a pill that was supposed to like you know, soften things up, help get things dilated, kind of like give the baby a little kickstart to start moving. Um, And that got my contractions going a little bit, but it still wasn't really, really doing much. And so after, I can't even remember how many hours at this point, they decided that they were going to go ahead and hit me with some Pitocin, which I reluctantly agreed to because We had been in the hospital for a long time already now and things weren't progressing and we needed to get this baby out. And so they gave me the Pitocin. And for those of you who have had Pitocin uh, with no other drugs, you know that the contractions that come along with the Pitocin are intense. But I was handling it pretty well. Um, I was actually, and you guys might like think I'm crazy for saying this, but it was And that was so long ago, so maybe I'm remembering this incorrectly. As painful as the contractions were, it was kind of uh, beautiful to feel feel that and to really get to experience those contractions. And so, you know, I was not enjoying myself, but, you know, I was was having the birth experience that I wanted still, even with that uh, dose of Pitocin, until there was a shift change with the nurses and... Uh, they had been, you know, slowly increasing my Pitocin on some kind of interval that I can't remember, um, but it was enough to make it so that I could adapt, you know, to the intensity. But when the shift change happened with the nurses, she cranked my Pitocin up from like a four to like a seven or an eight, um, just all at once. And at that point, things got really, really, really intense for us. And 
There's not a lot I remember. This is kind of the part I think I had blacked out, but I remember just being in so much pain and having the most incredible nurse right there with me, holding my hands and talking me through it because she knew how badly I wanted to do this naturally and having, you know, the most amazing support team in the room. And the pain was just getting unbearable and I was shaking. I had all of the symptoms of transition. And so everybody was so excited. They, you know, got the table in there for the baby. They were running around getting everything prepared because the entire staff, everyone in the room thought that I was in transition. And so, you know, I knew, okay, I can do this. Like I don't have that much longer transitions, the worst part. And then I'll, and then I'll get the baby out. And so they checked me at that point and I was only dilated to four centimeters, four centimeters. And the whole nursing team thought I was in transition. So it was bad. And, uh, hearing that I was only at four centimeters, it really broke my spirit and my mental strength. And so at that point, I decided, you know what, I'm going to do some fentanyl. And I took the fentanyl and it just made me so sick. I started puking instantly. I was super dizzy. Um, so they had to stop giving it to me. And so what turned out happening is the amount of fentanyl that they gave me wasn't enough to even help any of the pain. It just was enough to make me nauseous and sick. And so shortly after that, I said, okay, let's go ahead and do the epidural. And the epidural was the best thing that I had ever done. <laughs> and it was like instant relief. And everybody was really excited because it had been a very long time. And I mean, it was like evening at this point. And I had been in the hospital since like five o'clock, 530 in the morning. And so we did the epidural and I was actually able to get some sleep and that was amazing. And so I slept for a while and when I woke up, you know, they decided to check me. I think I was feeling like a little bit of pressure. And so they're like, yeah, we better check you. And so they come in and check me and sure enough, I was dilated to 10 centimeters. And so it was finally go time. And I was so excited that this was it. This is the moment we've been waiting for. And so we started getting ready to push. And so the nurse was in there, my mom was in there, and my husband was in there. And we were pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. Like I had bruises on my legs from gripping onto my legs so much. Like, I, you know, you, you know how pushing is. It was intense. Um, but I pushed for four hours. And nothing happened. Four hours. And little Miss Nora did not even move a single station. And everything was fine. My heartbeat, blood pressure, all of that was fine. Her vitals were completely fine. She just wasn't moving no matter how hard I pushed. And so there came a point where the doctor came in and talked to me and said, you know, everything's fine, but it's been a really long long labor for you at this point. And you have been pushing for a very, very long time. And this baby is not moving. So we're going to need to make a decision on if you want to keep trying, or if we should proceed forward with a C-section to get this baby out. And to this day, it's a lot 
it doesn't affect me as much now. But the fact that I had to make that decision was really hard on me because it was almost like I was giving up what what I really wanted for my birth experience. Like I had to make the choice and I was happy that nothing was wrong, but it would have been easier if they would have said like, we have to do a C-section, but my husband and I had to make that choice. And that was really hard to swallow for a long time. Um, but we decided, you know, I, I think we're going to make the choice to move forward with the C-section because if we would have kept trying and we would have got her moving, it turns out that we could have been at risk of needing, you know, um, the forceps or the vacuum or something like that because of her size. So we made the right decision, but it was a really, really hard decision to make. And I was so scared. I remember, you know, signing all the paperwork and holding the nurse's hand who had been there with me the whole time. And I looked her in the eyes and I asked her, am I going to die? Because all that C-section paperwork is so scary about like blood transfusions and, you know, all of these risks that could happen. Um, and it was, yeah, it was, it was terrifying. Um, but that was the decision we made. And so at about 8 a.m., <laughs> they wheeled me in to the operating room and my husband had to wait outside, which to him, he said that was the scariest time of the entire uh, process because, you know, he was there. I was getting wheeled into this OR. He didn't know what was going on. He was alone. I was alone. Um, and then, you know, of course he finally got to come into the room and at 8 24 AM. So not even 30 minutes later, they pulled out the most giant baby <laughs> they had ever seen. The doctor was joking around that she was his fish story because she was so huge. This baby was 10 pounds 24 inches long and she was jammed so far into like the birth canal that she had a cone head even though she was born via c-section and everybody told me at that moment you are so lucky you did not continue to try to push this baby out because there would have been some serious damage done possibly dangerous damage done to either her or myself and so I was really thankful. Obviously, you know, we were both healthy and she was here and everything was fine. And, you know, it still makes me sad that I didn't get to see her cord being cut. I didn't, you know, get that moment from the Huggies commercials where they pull the baby out and place them on your chest, right? They pulled the baby out and took her away for a couple minutes. And, you know, my husband got to watch all that while I was laying on the table. That That's still really hard for me. But, you know, she was completely healthy. And as soon as they placed me, as soon as they placed her on my chest, it was the most magical feeling ever. I'm getting emotional talking about it, of course, but, uh, man, it was, it was a journey. It was said and done about 28 hours of labor. And I had to heal from the pushing and her being so far down in the birth canal and also the C-section. So it was kind of like a double whammy. Um, but I am thankful that I got to experience both sides, pretty much everything except for, you know, the ring of fire and the baby actually coming out. And so that is our story. And with this baby number two here, we are hoping to do a V-back um, but it sounds like he is already on the larger side. We just make really big babies in our family. My grandma, my aunts, my mom, everybody, we have big babies. And so 
if he's on the larger side, we may not be able to do the VBAC. And so I'm having, you know, a little bit of a more open mind this time around because last time I wanted a completely natural birth and I literally had everything under the sun, every medication and intervention before she finally came out. And so I'm just trying to remind myself that, you know, my body did not fail me. This is how it was meant to be. And no matter what, C-section or vaginally, our babies are coming to us the way that they're supposed to come to us and enter this world. And it's beautiful no matter what. So I can't wait to see what happens this time around. I have to tell you, I'm terrified. I suffered quite a bit of PTSD after um, the birth and just everything that we went through. Um, And so with it getting closer, it's getting scarier for me, especially not knowing what's going to happen, if it's going to be a VBAC or another failed attempt at labor or a C-section. So you guys can stay tuned and I'll keep you posted on all the things happening. But thank you so much for listening to my story. I'm so glad that I got to share it today and I can't wait for you to hear all of the other beautiful stories from the wonderful boss ladies and mamas in our community. Hey, my name is Jessica Harris, and I am the mom to three many versions of myself who I always say they don't look like me, but they do tend to act like me, at least on most occasions. I'm also the visionary founder of Ignite Your Glow, which is a community dedicated to focus-driven women in Christ who are looking to break down the barriers of self-limiting belief systems, old mindsets, and so much more. I want you to come out of hiding in the shadows of your former selves and walk boldly and courageously and confidently in the purpose that God has placed inside of you because there is greatness that lies within you. And I'm here to help you birth that purpose out so you can walk purposely in it. You can find me at www.igniteurglow.com or follow me on Instagram at ignite underscore you are underscore glow so today's story is going to be my thanksgiving baby which is dedicated to my middle son kai and this story is priceless more so because thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays because it centers around food and i am a big foodie but not just that it's also because i spent the better half of november attempting to convince a child in my womb not to come out (laughs) on Thanksgiving day. I was telling my family, you know, I'm betting he's going to come on the 21st or I'm hoping he comes, you know, after, but I really don't want him to come the day of, or even the day before for that matter, because I really wanted to just enjoy Thanksgiving. We had already made the plans. My daughter was already at my parents' house. They lived in Boston. I was in Connecticut and I was like, this is perfect. We're going to leave the day before or at least the morning of and get there because it's only a few hours of a drive and it's going to be great. Y'all, that did not happen. Not the way that I expected it. Um, Prior to Thanksgiving in 2016 taking place, I had already been in labor and delivery multiple times because I kept believing that I was going to go into labor. Um, Contractions were always high. They were constant. They were coming in all the time. I was already dilating and I was like, oh my goodness, what is going to happen? His due date was December 8th, but I already knew well into the pregnancy that we weren't going to make it for the full 40 weeks. That and the fact that my daughter did not make it to 40 weeks either. She made it to about 38. 
And I figured he was probably gonna be somewhere around that 36 to 38 week time frame. So the week of Thanksgiving comes and I'm just like, okay, what are we gonna do? You know, it's the 21st, you can come today. And y'all, the day that I told him to come, I had no contractions. I had no feelings, no pains, nothing. All the contractions that I had experienced prior up to this point, they stopped. And I really looked like, hmm, maybe we'll make it for an additional two weeks. Y'all, he played me. He played me good. He played me good. Because the next day I went to the doctor's office and I went to the appointment and she was like, so how is it going? It looks like you're still pregnant. And I was like, I am. And he is doing great. The contractions have stopped. They've decreased tremendously. I think for solid. Well, she was telling me that there was no changes in my cervix, that there was um, the dilating as well had been about the same. I was already about three centimeters. And I have been that way for the, um, I think since like October, I was already about three to four centimeters. So there was no changes there, which was great as well. So I was like, ooh we might actually be able to make it to Thanksgiving. And she laughed because she knew that I had been telling the baby, you can't come on Thanksgiving day. So she already knew what I was telling him. Well, she was like, well, hopefully I don't have to see you next week and that he just comes over the weekend or something of that nature. And I was like, girl, that would be amazing, right? If he just did that for me. So I was like, well, we're just gonna have to wait and see. So the next day happens, Wednesday comes, it's my last day of work, I'm grateful. Bye, peace out, I'll see y'all later. And I get home and I'm starting to cramp a lot. Now, I knew that we were getting ready to go on the road that night or early morning on Thursday, but the cramping just wouldn't stop. It was happening in my back. It was in my stomach. It was weird. It didn't, I didn't know actually that these were contractions. So when they were taking place, I just assumed something, I just needed more water, right? I assumed that maybe I'm just dehydrated. Maybe I'm not drinking enough water. So I started drinking more water and it was like, oh my goodness, what is happening? I was walking around and nothing was changing. And I didn't want to call the doctors because I didn't want them to tell me to come in because I was going to Boston. I was going to get my meal. I was going to enjoy Thanksgiving. I was adamant about getting my Thanksgiving dinner going and having the meal. My mom had already told me that they had been prepping food. I got to see my daughter and she was having a blast. And I was like, I am going there. Y'all, that did not happen. The next morning on Thanksgiving day, we're getting ready to leave. And I tell their dad, I was like, you know, let me just call the doctors right quick because it's been about 12 hours. Yes, yes, I did wait like 12 hours before calling. Um, don't do that. <laughs> but anyways, I did call them and told them, you know, I have been cramping. It's been about 12 hours. I've been doing the water. I've been walking around. Nothing seems to be helping. What do you need me to do? And she was like, I need you to sit down and I need you to rest or just lay down for an hour. If you don't see any changes and I want you to come in and let's have a look. So I was like, all right, got off the phone. Now I was confused because every other time they would tell me, you know, drink like a gallon of water, walk around, get some movement in you. And this time she was telling me the opposite. So I knew something was up, but I wasn't quite sure what it was exactly. So I said, all right, let's rest. I rested, nothing happened, nothing changed. I was still getting the cramps. They still hadn't decreased, not by a long shot. Instead, I'm pretty sure I felt them even more because I was laying down being still. So I was like, okay, this is not life. Let's just go. So I did not take the diaper bag, y'all. I did not. I honestly thought that I was going back home because I have been through something like this already, not with the cramping part, but just having to go to labor and delivery, right? I've done this 
so many times that I was like, okay, we already know the routine. We're going to go in there. They're going to put me on the monitors. They're going to monitor me for about an hour or two hours, and then they're going to send me home. So I didn't feel the need, at least that's what I thought, to having to have to bring my bag with me. Y'all, always bring the bag. Please bring the bag. Like, that was a lesson learned. Anyways, I went ahead and I just grabbed my phone. I grabbed my charger. I asked his mom to take me to the hospital. We get there. They put me on the monitors and things of that nature. She's looking. She's checking. She's like, okay, all right, we're good. She turns around and she's like, all right, we're going to have a baby. Now, I must have been super focused on food. Because when she said, we're going to have a baby, it didn't register to me that she was talking about today being Thanksgiving. Mm -mm, No, I truly thought that she meant that we're having a baby in the sense that, okay, well, the baby's coming, you know, it's coming soon. It'll be here in two weeks. I got my, she left the room for a second. So I think she was getting paperwork, right? Um, So I think I assumed she was getting like my discharge papers because she left. So I got up. The monitors, they had already taken off of me. I was fixing my shirt. I was putting on my boots on. I had put my jacket on. And she walks back in the room with a confused look on her face. Like, what are you doing? Where are you going? And I was like, I'm going home because it's Thanksgiving. I'm going to go eat. And she was like, no, I told you we're having a baby. And I literally said, I know that. He's due in two weeks. So I'll be back. (laughs) And like, in my mind, it was such a, like, it was like common sense. Like, I know I'm due soon. I know the baby's coming soon. I'm due in two weeks. Literally, we'll be back. I was so serious, y'all. When she saw the confusion on my face as to what she said and how I didn't register it, she started to laugh. Not in a big ha-ha part, but in the sense of like, oh, she didn't get it. So she re-explained. She was like, no, Jessica, I mean, like, you're having the baby today, y'all my mouth dropped. I was like, wait, what? What you mean? (laughs) I was like, we can't be having a baby today. Like I'm not having contractions. And she was like, no, all that cramping you've been having were contractions. And I felt silly because no one told me. And I didn't experience that with my daughter. I had no clue that cramping was also a contraction. Y'all, they didn't tell me. I didn't know. I did not know. Um, I was like, oh, gotcha. So I told her, I was like, I didn't bring nothing with me. I was like, we don't have a car seat. We was gonna get the car seat this weekend. I don't have a diaper bag. The diaper bag's at home. Their dad is at home. I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, you gotta go buy a car seat. Like we gotta do so much stuff. We didn't even do that yet. Oh my gosh. I felt so unprepared because we were getting all the stuff this weekend because we knew that Black Friday was the day after. So we had already made plans to go shopping that following weekend to get more stuff for the baby. Like that was the plan. We was going to go to Boston. We was going to go shop, grab the stuff and then bring it back home with us. Y'all, nope, (laughs) that did not take place. Oh my gosh, that did not take place at all. Not by a long shot, not by a long shot. So anyways, right? I tell their dad, I was like, all right, you have to come to the hospital. You're going to have to meet me. He's like, why? I was like, because apparently we're in labor. We're not going to Boston. We're having a baby today. He was like, are you serious? (laughs) And I was like, apparently so. Apparently so. So I guess it was a good thing that we didn't try traveling in the middle of the night to Boston. Um, Not that we would have had a highway baby, but it would have been a really uncomfortable drive the way that I was feeling. So I was glad that I had stayed, but not glad that I was missing out on the meal of the year because I truly love Thanksgiving dinners. Anyways, so we get upstairs, we get situated. He comes in. Now, mind you, I believe I told him don't bring any food because I can't eat. 
he came in with two sandwiches. Man, he got the evilest eye I've ever given anybody in my life. I promise y'all. Because I'm like, you, you did not just walk in here with food. I told you I can't eat. He proceeds to tell me the food's not for you. It's for him because he's hungry. Y'all, what? Oh my God, I was so bad. I was so mad. I was so mad. The nurse laughed because she understood, but she did tell him like, listen, listen, she, she is, she is in labor. She cannot eat. It, I would, it'd be nice if you can, you know, step out into the hallway. So he did, he did step out into the hallway and eat and stuff like that. And I was like, this is, we're not, we're not about to sit there and tease me about a sandwich that I can't eat. Not today, <laughs> not right now. I only had a slice of pizza and I knew I did that because I didn't want them to tell me that I was having a baby. But if I knew that I was really in labor, y'all, I probably would have had about four or five. <laughs> I probably would have had about four or five. I know they tell you not to eat because of, you know, all the fun stuff that comes with it. But I, I probably would have did four or five slices had I known that I was really going to say. I'll be honest. I won't lie. <laughs> I really be honest about that. Anyways. So we go through the votes of things, you know, the roundabouts of stuff, you know, they do the monitoring, they do the checking, they ask if you want the epidural. I told them initially no, because I wanted to really just wait until things got further along. My water hadn't broke this whole entire time. Like my water didn't break by itself. Um, I actually ended up having to have them break my water for me. And I remember like, it was like this awkward feeling. It was so weird. Like it's just the pressure. And it's like, it's not going to hurt. It didn't hurt. It was just like the pressure. And it was just weird like that's the best way I can describe it it was weird to have them break the water for me but they did they broke the water I believe I had diprosocin as well at some point um to go ahead and really just start to induce the labor just to get things like just going I believe that's what it's called pitocin um but if I'm incorrect then I apologize for not having the right name said but anyways right um they do all those parts and I'm thinking like we've been here for a really long time I was thinking about all the food that I could have had I was thinking about the turkey, I was thinking about the ham, I was thinking about collard greens, everything. And I was just like, I'm not having any food because we're here having a baby and this baby took away my opportunity to have food today. And I really just want food. And I remember, um, I think he had called his aunt or his mom had called her sister and she had decided to put two plates up or a few plates up actually for us because she knew that we was having the baby. So I was like, okay, well, at least we have plates coming, right? There is food that is coming. It's just a matter of when the baby decides to, you know, drop. So after the water breaks, um, it, things really do start to kick into gear from there. Cause by this point we got there at about eight o'clock in the morning and the water breaking, they did it probably between like four and five in the afternoon. And it did speed up the process, like literally because he was born at about 7.54 p.m. And I was like, yes, you're here. Now, they have been so like, who busy that day that we didn't have like a room to go into immediately. So we had to really just like stay in this particular room, which didn't have too much space. And that was because they were having twins being born like left and right. I think they were like three sets of twins on the floor. So they were like spread pretty thin <laughs> when we were there. I'm like, see, everybody wants to have a Thanksgiving baby today. That's all it is. These holiday babies are playing no games, like at all. They are taking <laughs> no prisoners. So anyways, I was able to um, have him. He was born 7.54 p.m., seven pounds, four ounces, beautiful chocolate baby, I promise y'all. But it just goes to show that even when you think they're going to listen, even as infants, that's not always the case. Yep. 
not quite always the case, no. And it's funny to me now because I look back and I'm just like, how did you misunderstand what she was telling you about the fact of you having a baby? And I'm just like, y'all, my focus, my focus was so focused on food that I could not register. Baby today meant literally baby today. So that is my Thanksgiving story of how my second child was born. And I hope you all have an amazing day. Hello, everyone. My name is Brittany Radke. I am a virtual assistant and owner of Radke Virtual Services, where I offer Pinterest support. Um, I hope with Shopify, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to thank Megan for this opportunity to tell my story. And uh, I'm a founding member of her Boss Ladies and Babies community. So yeah, I just want to thank you guys all for listening. And this is my story. So for the most part, I had a pretty normal pregnancy, um, you know, sick during the first trimester. I had, I remember having really bad carpal tunnel, um, almost immediately after my, like pretty much all through the second and third trimester, actually. Um, I had to sleep with wrist braces and stuff like that. Cause my arms would just go numb. It was terrible <laughs> and sleep was elusive to me for, for most of my pregnancy, which I know is pretty normal for most people. So yeah. Um, but anyway, for the most part, everything was pretty normal. My appointments all went great and, um, randomly at 33 weeks and six days, um, I woke up, I remember waking up when my husband's alarm went off and, um, I had some cramping. It felt really similar to like my period cramps. And I was really confused as to what was going on. Um, I remember, you know, telling my husband, I didn't feel quite right. And, um, you know, I was like, oh, maybe it's Braxton Hicks. And I went and took a shower, tried to, you know, just kind of relax a little bit. And I laid back down and it really wasn't helping. So I remember calling the doctor and the hospital, they were like, you know what, just come in, let's get, let's check you out. And I was um, having contractions every 10 minutes. And I was at third, I was at four centimeters, uh, just shy of 34 weeks. I was 33, six. Um, so I live in a small town. So they put me in an ambulance and sent me up to the cities. Um, I'm in Minnesota. So yeah, the twin cities, they sent me there. So I remember calling my husband and just, I mean, I literally had my phone, my purse, and that was it. So we went to the cities and uh, he met me at the, at the hospital there. We were there for a couple days. Uh, he did end up going home to <laughs> grab some luggage and stuff, you know, cause we didn't have anything with us and we didn't know how long we were going to be there, but, um, they basically, they kind of were telling us by the end of the day that they thought that they were going to be able to slow everything down. So I wouldn't actually go into labor, but, um, yeah, so they slowed everything down. I was there for a couple days and, um, I went from being dilated a four back down to a two and my, uh, my, uh, my contractions had slowed down. So they sent me home on light, you know, light duty, light bed rest kind of a thing, not, not full bed rest necessarily. So they sent me home and just kind of told me to rest, which is hard to do when all of a sudden you're kind of told that your baby might be coming early. Um, all you want to do is nest and get ready, but I had to make sure that I was, you know, giving myself enough time to, to rest and take breaks. And, you know, I had like a five pound weight lifting restriction. So, um, yeah, for the most part, it was me just kind of wrapping things up at work. Um, they let me work from home. 
so I could just rest and be on my couch. And then, um, yeah, it was pretty much just a ticking time clock until, uh, you know, we'd have to go back to the hospital. So the goal was to make it to 36 weeks. So we wouldn't have to go back to the cities because our local hospital doesn't have the equipment or anything to, to really help a, a baby who's born before that time. So yeah, the goal was 36 weeks. And, um, I also, you know, when I was in the hospital, they gave me some steroid shots so they could, uh, help my baby's lungs develop, uh, in case he was going to be delivered, um, early. So they gave me a couple steroid shots and, um, that was something that, uh, spiked my insulin. Um, I did have gestational diabetes, but for the most part, I was able to, um, just kind of maintain it via diet and exercise. But after my stay in the hospital and the storage shots, my, my blood sugar really was not coming down very well. So I did have to take, um, a really, really small dose of insulin just once a day to, um, help with all that. So that was something, I guess that was interesting, you know, an interesting part of the whole preterm labor thing and the steroids and all that. So, but anyway, I, we were home, it was right on the 4th of July. So I know we did like a lot of camping and, uh, I just made sure that my OB was, you know, aware of what I was doing. And she just said to make sure that I kept myself cool and that I was sitting down a lot and, you know, that I was close by to the hospital just in case something were to happen. So, um, but yeah, we just camped locally. So that wasn't a big deal. And I just remember resting a lot and I made it, I remember I made it to 36 weeks and six days. So I was just shy of, he was actually born on 37 weeks, but 36, six that morning I woke up and I just remember being really, really tired that day. Um, which, you know, I didn't think too much of it cause you know, pregnant, but, um, I also was having some bad pelvic pain. And so I went to the chiropractor that morning and she was like, you know what, you know, it's up to you if you're in a lot of pain, you know, you are full term here. So I can give you an adjustment. So she did, she adjusted my pelvis, my pelvis and oh, it felt so good to get adjusted that day. But, um, I, you know, I just thought a normal day and she did warn me that it might send me into labor, but again, I was, you know, full term. And I remember going to my OB appointment actually a few days before, and, um, I was back to being four centimeters. So my OB was like, it could happen anytime now. So, um, at that point we were, we were pretty ready and, and all that. So, um, I said, go ahead, give me the adjustment. So I, uh, went about my day pretty regular, just kind of relaxing at home. Uh, my husband was in a softball league that summer. So we went to his softball game. It was like one of the last ones of the season. So we went and, uh, I, it was just normal. I just sat in the chair the whole time rested. Uh, I even brought like a portable fan to have on me and all that. Cause it was the summer but it was a pretty normal day. We went home after the softball games, went to bed around 10 o'clock. I remember waking up at 1145, having to go to the bathroom, you know, normal stuff, more normal pregnancy stuff. And my water broke on my way to, to the bathroom. So, uh, it wasn't like the big gush or anything. It was just the, a little trickle where I thought that I had, you know, wet myself, but, um, I knew that it was, I knew that that felt different. <laughs> so I remember waking my husband up and just being like, I'm pretty sure my water just broke. And I think I'm starting to have my first contraction. And yeah, it was definitely a big contraction. I had been, I had been having, you know, contractions for the last three weeks 
uh, they never really went away. They were just really more irregular, but, um, this was like a whole nother thing. So I, you know, after my water broke, those contractions came hard and they came fast. Um, I just remember it was seven minutes between contractions. And then the next time it was six minutes and five minutes. And it just kept the window kept getting shorter and shorter. So we grabbed our overnight bags and called the hospital, told them that we were on our way in. Uh, made it to the hospital. We were there around 1230 in the morning. Uh, I, and that was, you know, kind of right when it switched over to that 37 weeks. So <laughs> yeah, he was born that day. So it was 1230 in the morning. We got to the hospital. I was at a five centimeter. I was at five centimeters already um, and went through some contractions there, got settled in in the hospital. And around three o'clock in the morning, I, um, I asked for the epidural. It was getting to be too much. And, uh, they had checked me at three o'clock and said that I had not progressed past the five centimeters, but the contractions were getting worse. So I, um, you know, my husband and I had a conversation and decided to do the epidural and it, everything went great there. You know, it took a little while. I remember having to, you know, breathe through some contractions and not move so they could place the epidural correctly. And they did a great job with my epidural. I was able to um, still move my legs around a little bit, but not feel, you know, pain and they were numb, but I was happy that I still could at least move them. So yeah, they got me situated and uh, my husband and I, you know, took a nap from three 30 to five o'clock. I don't know how much I actually slept, but I just kind of remember resting and they woke me up at five o'clock to check me and I had progressed to a nine to nine centimeters. So in, you know, about two hours, they, I had progressed already. I had almost doubled. I went from five to a nine. And, um, so yeah, my body just really needed to relax so I could, you know, progress. So yeah, they flipped me over, you know, they rotated me to my other side and, um, they came back and checked me at 5:30, and I was ready to push. He was, he was right there. I remember telling the nurse when she came in at 5:30 before she had checked me, I was like, I feel a lot of pressure down there. I feel like, I feel like it's time. I feel, I, I can just feel that he's right there. Um, and yeah, she confirmed what I was, what I was thinking. So she went and, you know, we woke my husband up and got him ready. And, um, she went to go get the doctor and, you know, basically she showed up and I started pushing. And after two or three pushes, um, after a couple minutes there, he, there he came, it was five 57 in the morning and Franklin Douglas Radke was born. He was seven pounds, six ounces, and he was just completely perfect. He was wonderful. He had great, great lungs. The steroid shot that they, that they gave us really worked. He had, he had very powerful lungs, good, good, strong cry. And, um, he, he did not latch or anything. So we did have to, you know, finger feed him with the syringe and all that. And we tried to get him to latch, but, um, that was just not something that he was interested in. So, but yeah, he, other than that, he was just completely perfect and had a good appetite. Once we did start feeding him, he, he just was wonderful. And it was just crazy. I remember the nurses being like, does anyone know you guys are here? And we're like, no, everything was fine when we went to bed. Uh, Cause yeah, I didn't feel any different before I went to bed at that 10 o'clock time. So we basically woke up our parents and our brothers with phone calls being, you know, Hey, 
we had a baby. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was just kind of a whirlwind those, those last three months of, or the last three weeks of the pregnancy, they went by in a blur, but there's also parts, uh, that are just really, really vivid in my mind because they were, you know, I'll never forget when they were like, yeah, we're going to send you to the, to the twin cities. Cause you might be having your baby today. And I just was like, what, what? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was just a crazy time, but in the end, everything, you know, the actual labor went really well and he came out and he was perfectly healthy. So, um, I had many a thanks for the hospital staff, both, you know, at the, in the cities and also in my local hospitals. So, um, but yeah, I just want to thank you guys for listening to my story and I want to thank Megan again for this opportunity. So happy mother's day and thanks again. everybody uh i'm so excited to be here thank you so much for letting me share my stories uh i'm damarian Wynn with the sassy mom diaries and i am a branding coach and merchandise expert and i love this i'm a proud mama of two and their birth stories were very interesting now that I'm done with it. You know, now that I've been through them, they're almost kind of comical. So my first birth story was my daughter. She's five years old now. And we, it was, it was very interesting. So with her, I was induced at 39 weeks. I am four ten and a half, and a half. So my torso is fairly short. And when I went from my check of the week prior, I was already dilated two centimeters and the doctor, when he checked me, he could feel her head. And so he was concerned that because she was running out of, out of room, she kept pushing on my right ribs. Like she just kept pushing down because she was running out of room and he was just concerned that she was just going to keep on pushing and, you know, my body not be ready for that. So we went to, you know, I get, we scheduled the induction, I get to the hospital and walking into the hospital, I remember walking in and every nurse I could possibly think of, I kept saying, I want drugs. I want drugs. I want drugs. Like I've never been the one I've always been very, very adamant. I want that epidural. You know, I, I was petrified of birth. I was like, I don't want to do this naturally you know, kudos to all of you who really want to do that. I was like, I want drugs. And I just remember telling everybody to where when I got to my, to my room, the anesthesiologist was already there to have a conversation with me. And so I'm getting prepped and everything. And he just tells me, well, we have some bad news. You know, when I was nine years old, I had surgery on my lower back, which is, you know, literally in the space where they put the epidural. So L1 to L5, I had surgery. And he told me, we cannot do the epidural because of your surgery. You have some scar tissue there. There's a chance that it won't work. I might hit something. Things might not be, you know, he just gave me all these reasons as to why we couldn't do it. And I remember bawling my eyes out and just looking at him and saying, well, what else you got? And he mentioned, you know, he told me about the other medication that they put through your IV. And I was like, yeah, I'll take it. And he was like, well, 
hold on a second because we need to check you and make sure because if you're at five centimeters or more yeah or he said if you're at four centimeters or more we can't do it because then the baby won't be able to do what she needs to and i was like yeah that's fine so this all started from them when they started my iv first of all this place like like the nurse put in the needle and somehow before she put in the tube blood just started spazzing out so it kind of looked like a crime scene and I hadn't even gotten into the Pitocin like I hadn't even gotten Pitocin or nothing birth related was happening so I'm like oh great that's the kind of day it's going to be awesome first baby great uh, so then you know got my be ready they started me on the Pitocin and they're like you feeling anything yet I'm like no you know as they were checking me I'm like no I don't feel anything you can crank that sucker up and they were cranking it up and I still wasn't feeling anything. So then at, it was at like around lunchtime, they, I tell my husband, go get lunch because I'm not feeling anything yet. And I'm just waiting on the doctor. The doctor comes in and he tells me, uh, you know, like he's kind of telling me that walking me through the process. And he was like, do you want me to break your water or do you want to wait? So I told him, no, go ahead, break my water because I don't want to be here all day. I know I've heard the stories of first time, first time moms that take, you know, forever. And I was like, I just don't want to be here all day. I don't know why I said that, but that's what I said to him. So he breaks my water and he tells me this is at 145. He breaks my water and he tells me, just so you know, not it's not going to be right away. You're a first time mom and typically first time moms take a little longer so just because I broke your water doesn't mean that you're having this baby like right the second so he was like I'm gonna go back to the office I close my office at three I'll come back after I close the office I was like yeah that's cool whatever and so I remember when he left I started feeling contractions and so then I called my husband I was like you need to come back here because I'm feeling something and of course I had to do it naturally because clearly I was too dilated and they couldn't do the IV medication so that was another you know another uh cry session for me um and I was just like they put me on the on the birthing ball I was sitting on it and I was just like oh my gosh this hurts so bad and I just remember looking at the nurse it was shortly after they broke my water I want to say maybe like 30 or 45 minutes had gone by and I looked at her and I told her I need to go to the bathroom and she's like, no, you don't. And I'm like, lady, I know my body. I need to go to the bathroom. And she's like, no, that's the baby. I'm like, no, no, no. I need to go to the bathroom. I was like, I need to sit in a freaking toilet. And she was like, no, that's the baby. And so I was like, I, I, I'll just need to sit there. And she was like, okay, how about this? I'll let you sit on the toilet, but do not push anything out. And she was like, I'm going to draw you a bath. And I'm like, okay, that works. So she draws me the bath and everything they get me in the bath and definitely the bath helped you know the warm water helped and I remember having one contraction and then being able to breathe for a little bit and then having another contraction and then after that they just kept coming back to back to back I, it was like I couldn't catch a break I just remember being like oh my gosh I can't breathe what is this and I just remember screaming at the top of my lungs I have to go to the bathroom 
And they were like, check her. And sure enough, I was a nine centimeters. So I went from five centimeters to nine centimeters and four contractions. It was painful, as I'm sure you all know. So it was crazy because then all of a sudden, all of them start moving really, really fast. But for me, the whole thing went in slow motion. And I'm just kind of scared. You know, I've never done this before. And I just see them moving. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, what's going on? They're like prepping the bed, putting the stirrups up. And I'm just like, what is going on? Like, I had no clue. And then the nurse is like calling my doctor. He's like, you need, she was like, you need to come back here. You know, she's, this baby's coming. And it was just, it was complete chaos. They put me on the bed and I keep telling the nurse, I have to push. I can't do this. I have to push. I can't hold it anymore. I have to, she was like, hold on. And I'm like, really lady, you're telling me to hold on. I can't control this thing. Like I need to do it. And literally the doctor basically came back. He, he didn't even make it to the office, you guys. He came back and he pops into the room and he's like, do I have time to change? Like, you know, just to change into his scrubs. And the nurse was like, no, by the time he got there, my daughter was already crowning. So they just put those gloves on him and he had to deliver my baby with his civilian clothes that of course got all gross, but oh well. Um, three pushes, after three pushes, I uh, had a beautiful baby girl on my arms and it was crazy. It was just like, so the entire process, I remember when everything finished, I looked at them and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like nine o'clock. Like to me, I felt like it had been hours and they just looked at me and they were like, no, it's 3.49. Like the entire process lasted about two hours. But to me, it felt like an entire day. So I was blessed to have a quick labor or a quick entire everything. And then with my son, I was induced um, at 39 weeks with him because where I live, it's just me and my husband. So we don't really have a support system. So I needed uh, to find someone. I needed to have a concrete date on when I was going to do this because I needed to find someone to stay with my daughter. And so with him, the process was a little different because I got to arrive to the hospital a little later. And it was funny because I remember walking into the room and they were already getting everything as if he was coming. And I looked at the doctor and he was like, well, last time you went so fast, I want to make sure we're ready. And he was like, don't worry, I'm here all day. So we, I'm not going anywhere. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> like, I was just like, okay, cool. And with my son, it was crazy because they broke my water. And this was at 6 p.m. They broke my water. And I just remember shortly after the, the contraction started, I remember just feeling the need to push. And I'm like, what in the world? So I kept telling the nurse and she was like, no, you're still at three centimeters or you're still at four. And I'm like, well, I really, you know, I'm like, I need to push. I can't hold this. And so they drew me a bath because I was like, that worked last time. I want to do the bath. And then I was like, no, this isn't working. And what's interesting to me, the difference between both births, it's like with my daughter, they broke my water, they cleaned up the mess, and that was it. With my son, they broke my water, but I kept leaking the entire time until he was born. And I just remember, I feel so bad for my, my nurse. I just remember walking around the I was walking around the room <coughs> naked. I was walking around the room naked. 
<laughs> and this poor woman, she was literally going behind me with a towel, wiping, because, you know, she didn't want me to slip or anything. And my husband kept throwing towels on me. And I was like, no, I don't need this. And he was like, well, I just, you know, he's like, you're naked. You're just walking around naked. I'm like, I don't care. And I just kept saying, oh my gosh, this hurts so bad. I was on the bed and I kept saying, I kept telling them to shoot me, put me out of my misery. I mean, it was, it was intense. The pain was intense, as you all know. And just, I kept telling her, oh my gosh, I need to push. Like, you don't understand. And then we figure out that my son was hiding behind my pelvic bone. So when I was eight centimeters, the nurse tells me at this next contraction, push a little bit and I'm going to move him. So that way you don't get that sensation, which was interesting because the moment she did that, I was all ready to go. Like the moment she did that, it took like maybe a couple minutes and then boom, I was at 10 centimeters. And with him, with my son, it was like, I pushed the first time and I was like, you know what? No, I'm not going anywhere. You know, I was like, this isn't going as fast as I wanted to. I'm done with this. So I remember they had, the bed had these two like long, I don't know, stick things. And I remember holding onto those things and just pushing like I had never pushed before. And I pushed so hard. I even popped some um, little veins around my face, but I pushed that, I pushed twice and that baby was out. And oh my gosh, I was just like, thank you, Jesus. I was clearly exhausted. So that entire process lasted um, three hours. He was born at 9, 16 PM. So I was blessed with short labors, but I had some very, very intense contractions. Like it was just like out of this world. Um, but yeah, so those, now we got a beautiful little five-year-old and a beautiful almost four-year-old and, you know, you know how it is when you become a mom, you go through all that, you feel like you're going to die. And I love it how we all say, oh, I can't do this. Like we have a choice. Um, <laughs> but I love it that the moment they place those babies on your chest, that's it. Like you forget about everything. And with my son, he marked his territory right away. They put him on my chest and he immediately peed on me. So I was like, okay, this is how we're starting this journey. So I hope, uh, you know, you enjoyed and laughed a little at my birth stories. And thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Boss Ladies and Babies. If you like this episode, be sure to rate, review, and leave us some feedback. Make sure you follow us on social at Boss Ladies and Babies. Join the conversation in our private Facebook group and check out everything we have to offer like community, coaching, merch, and more at bossladiesandbabies.com. And until next time, stay bossy.